Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. Today's episode, we're joined by Mark Hager, Senior Recruiter of Financial Advisor Recruitment at Edward Jones. Mark is really making a name for himself in the recruiting world. He began his career in higher education and career services at institutions such as Liberty University, and prior to recently joining Edward Jones this past February, Mark was a campus recruiter at the Walt Disney Company, where he supported Disney's parks, experiences, and products. His career journey has also included time as a lead recruiting consultant with the American Hospitality Talent Acquisition. Mark is passionate about creating memorable experiences for his clients and candidates, and he has a real focus on early career talent development. He believes the ethos of his career is to help people connect with meaningful work. We've brought Mark on today to share his firsthand experience as a recruiter navigating a challenging job market and to provide advice for fellow recruiters on some of the smart ways to utilize their unique skills to truly impact an organization, even when those organizations aren't hiring. But let's get Mark introduced first. So Mark, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks so much, Josh. I'm really excited to be here. Excited to have you on as well, Mark. And we just spoke earlier today as part of our HR Recruiting and Talent Acquisition Week on HR Daily Advisor. You were a panelist for us in a panel all about the great ways to utilize social media for recruiting. So thanks for doing that, but wanted to get you back for the podcast. So again, really excited to dig in, learn more about your career and chat a bit more about how recruiters can really use this unique time in the hiring world to be of value to their organization and really carve out a unique spot. We'll dig into that, but let's first get you introduced to our audience. So tell us a bit about your career path and why recruiting and talent acquisition. Yeah, thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, talent acquisition was, you know, was something that I'd always had an interest in, but I didn't really kind of tackle the career until a little bit later. So, you know, a lot of times, like a lot of folks in their career, they take detours, right? Um, but I, I started my career in academia. And I had some incredible experiences there, and I did a lot of really cool things, including working with interns, running career events, um, doing a lot of different hiring uh, from that perspective. Uh, it was a really exciting experience, and uh, I was working with amazing recruiters and you know HR professionals. And I thought, hey, this is a career field I think I could maybe really enjoy. Uh, and my first you know experience, kind of moving into the into the HR and recruiting field, was with uh, the consulting firm that I worked for uh, out of Richmond, Virginia. And so I had a chance to do hospitality and early career and some executive recruiting there. Uh, and that's really when I kind of got the bug and uh, just love, love recruiting, interviewing, hiring, traveling. I went to universities all over the country, from Vegas, all the way to New York. Uh, and it was just an amazing experience. I love it. And yeah, thanks for sharing that, Mark. It's all about finding those passions. That's something we see and it's a common thread with so many of the HR and recruiting professionals that I get to talk to is finding that passion or sometimes that passion finding you. So Mark, let's talk about where we are in the recruiting space right now. The job market, it's a challenging time. We're seeing it across so many industries, layoffs or hiring freezes. Right. So what are some of those biggest challenges facing recruiters right now? Yeah, there's a lot of challenges that are that we're facing right now. Uh, these are definitely unique times, but um, you know, I think that's a great question. I think it, you know, usually depends on maybe who you talk to, but you know, for me, a huge challenge right now is, you know, the desire for remote work. So we have a lot of candidates across the country. And I'm sure this is probably a global issue as well, but definitely here in the U.S. 
uh, the pandemic, you know, really changed the game. A lot of folks uh, had the chance to experience working remotely and it really is amazing. And it, it allows for just an incredible amount of just work-life balance and, um, you know, being able to engage with your families and just, I mean, it's in a really incredible phenomenon, but I think that has been a big challenge as, you know, I've seen a lot of companies start to shift toward, you know, an in-office or a hybrid component uh, that really is, I think, kind of disruptive to a lot of, you know, a lot of folks who have been working remotely and have had that experience. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge challenge. So, you know, a lot of folks are looking for remote opportunities and uh, they're just not out there. And I think, and I forget his name, but there's a LinkedIn's chief economist um, shared a report of just a few months ago that talked about kind of that challenge right now where we have a lot of job postings that are shifting toward, you know, hybrid or in-office uh, environment. And a lot of folks are really just searching for remote work. So you have kind of this, kind of this, you know, challenge where people are just looking for something that the industry is not necessarily leaning towards right now. So that's a huge challenge for recruiters because man, I want remote work and we're saying, well, we don't necessarily have that. Right. There's that big gap that exists. You always want to try and meet the needs of candidates and potential employees, but to some extent, it's not possible if organizations aren't really looking to go that direction. Again, so many larger corporations, larger, larger organizations are looking to be fully in office or more toward that hybrid model that certainly is going to change that market a bit and create that gap that falls to a lot of recruiting teams to try and navigate. One thing we're seeing too is recruiters being faced with this challenge of organizations being in hiring freezes, right? Um, or having layoffs. Again, unfortunately, we're seeing that across so many industries and through many major organizations. What does that do now for recruiters? And more importantly, and this is where I wanted to get to, how can recruiters make the most of this unique time with an organization? Yeah, definitely, Josh. I appreciate that question. I'm, I know my heart goes out to I mean, so many folks who are experiencing that, organizations that are facing that. It's really just, it's, it's terrible. But you're right. I mean, what do we do when, like you said, things slow down, we're, we're encountering hiring freezes? I think there's a lot of things we can do. I think it, it probably differs for, for everyone. But, um, you know, and I've, I've been in this situation where, you know, we were, we were in a hiring freeze and things were slowing down quite a bit. You know, I think the, the key thing is, you know, just because there's a hiring freeze doesn't mean you can't communicate um, and you can't continue to develop and build talent pipelines. So I think that's something that's really, really important. And, you know, we think it's, it's easy to think that, okay, we can only recruit when there's positions, but the reality is we can still engage candidates. We can still uh, be out there developing and building those relationships. You know, I think those are super, super critical. Um, you know, you can be doing a lot of different things, but I think really the focus should be if, if there's a hiring freeze and you're not hiring people, um, the biggest thing recruiters can be doing is reaching out to their leaders and saying, what can I do? What is there anything I can do to help support or um, help you guys with projects, anything like that? You know, one of the things that, you know, that I did is I was recruiting, you know, when we were experiencing this, I was recruiting for very different areas that I would, you know, that were outside of my focus area. And it was actually awesome. I really enjoyed it. And there were just kind of one-offs that, would come through and they were like, Hey, do you want to recruit for this area? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So, you know, really, you know, as a recruiter, it's important for us to be proactive. Um, I think it's important for us to not panic because, you know, that can be a little bit nerve wracking for a recruiter when you're not seeing tons of recs coming through and things like that. Um, but I do think that just remaining calm, seeking out from your leaders, you know, what can we do? What are some things I can be doing to help kind of engage our talent pipelines? Um, you know, re-engaging passive candidates, asking people how they're doing, 
having coffee chats and conversations with candidates or folks that you had talked to in the past, you know, those are all great ways to kind of keep, keep the candidate pipeline warm. So that way, when things do kind of move up again, you know, you're, you're right there. You don't have to try to resurrect anything kind of from the dead, so to speak. I mean, you've already got people who are, who have been in conversation with you. Yeah, that's great. And thanks for that, Mark. It seems that you don't have to let your pipeline dry up. It's a great opportunity to nurture that pipeline, keep the great talent engaged. So when those opportunities do open up, you've got them a phone call away or an email away from really getting them into the mix and implementing them into the organization to make an impact. That That's a great opportunity there for recruiting professionals to keep making that impact and also working just on the general branding of the organization. You're still front and center and helping to put the organization in a great light. That's not something that has to stop even in a hiring freeze opportunity. Right. Yeah, that's a great point too. I mean, you know, we talked about social media in the panel earlier, uh, which I thought was awesome. And I think, I think, you know, organizations have such an incredible opportunity to, you know, utilize their recruiting team members as ambassadors for the brand and to be thinking about, you know, just, just because we're not selling a specific product to a customer, you know, doesn't mean we're not selling something. And I think what we're selling is the opportunities and the experiences that come with working for our organizations. And so, you know, if, if things are dry for a moment and, you know, things are not moving like we would normally want, uh, we just have to think creatively and just kind of think, think strategically about how we can engage, you know, our organization's customers, but also how we can continue to uplift and build the brand. Yeah. When you have this unique advantage to knowing your markets. Mm-hmm. So having that just wealth of knowledge that you can bring back into an organization can also be a great asset, right? You've right. got a, a good understanding of not just how you're performing within the industry, but how your competitors are performing, what they're doing, right. what sets your organization apart from the competition and finding ways to tap into that resource could be really smart for organizations. Yeah. What are some of those unique skills though that, that make recruiters an untapped resource that really can help drive the organization? Yeah, that's a great question. Recruiters are, uh, we have a lot of, of different backgrounds and skills. And I think one of the things that just kind of, you know, when I think about skills that recruiters have is, you know, I know at least for me and my experience, which I can speak for, you know, I've recruited for a lot of different areas. And one of the things that I think recruiters are really skilled in is being able to kind of take information um, and be able to kind of synth- you know, synthesize it, learn uh, a new industry pretty quickly, and then, you know, be able to turn around and identify individuals that fit well, you know, and that align well for the organization in that area. And those areas can be very diverse. I mean, I've, I've recruited for all kinds of areas that uh, many of which I didn't know very much about when I started, but I had to kind of learn and scale pretty quickly. So I think being able to think strategically, um, I think is a huge skill uh, that recruiters have and can bring. You know, I think recruiters are great at connecting with people and building relationships, which, you know, in good business relationships are really everything. Um, and then really being able to do research and data collection and, you know, analysis. And I mean, there's just a whole host of things. Uh, that recruiters can can bring in in terms of skills that are make us unique and, and really super versatile. We also work with high volumes of information. So we're managing a lot of recs and a lot of times and recs being requisitions. I know most people know what that means, but um, you know, with, with that being said, I mean, oftentimes folks think that recruiters, maybe they're recruiting for just a few positions, but you know, many of us recruit for a lot of positions. That's a lot of people, a lot of hands in the fire. I mean, a lot of people doing a lot of people moving in a lot of different directions. So uh, we're great at conflict resolution, so we're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Uh, and so there's there's a lot of skills that recruiters can bring and develop and, and, and really bring to an organization. 
Well, and you're out in the market as well and really getting a sense of what talent is looking for. Mm -hmm. This is a great opportunity for recruiters to bring that back in-house, reassess maybe what you're offering from a benefit standpoint, what you're offering that talent is looking for. Maybe it's a compensation conversation. Maybe it is a, some of the softer benefits. Maybe it is just, again, looking at what can set an organization apart and really Mm -hmm. help it stand out. Bringing that back in-house to reassess, reevaluate, and set yourselves up for success when that hiring does open up, this is a great opportunity and a great time now to use that resource that comes from recruiters. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think it's always important for us to reevaluate our, our processes. I think, you know, how do candidates feel about this process? How does it, you know, does it move smoothly? Um, how do, what are, you know, what are our hiring leaders and, and managers think, you know, what do they think of the process? What do our recruiters think? And really to kind of be able to go back, reassess that. And I remember the organization I worked for at the time, we did that. We went back and, you know, we had teams that were assigned to different parts of the process, and we really were focused on just redesigning, re-implementing, um, trying new things, thinking strategically, trying to think differently. How can we make it faster? How can we make it more efficient? How can we create just an overall better candidate experience? Which is, at the end of the day, that's huge. We have to. This has to be a great experience because these, you know, these candidates are also customers. Right. Um, so we want to make sure that they have an incredible experience. Yeah, and this is a great moment where, again, if it is slower in an organization and hiring, to reassess, put the time in, look at those new opportunities. Again, in our panel session we had earlier today, we talked about social media and, and utilizing right. social media and new media for that matter too, mm-hmm. not just written word, but looking at video and, and getting the word out on new opportunities in new, different, forward-thinking ways. Sometimes that can take time, and this is a great opportunity for the recruiting community to look for new ways to get out in front. So again, when that thaw happens, when an opportunity starts to open up, right. you're in a perfect position to step forward and really set yourselves apart from the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a great time to use that because when jobs are opening up and, and hiring is happening, there's very, very little downtime to uh, yeah. kind of take a step back and evaluate how everything's going and how effective we've been. Well, I love, Mark, what you said, too, about building that community and the relationships, right? Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes you're building those relationships at the early stage to attract talent in the initial recruiting. Now is a great opportunity to keep up with that relationship. That relationship doesn't have to end even after the employee gets hired and gets onboarded. And this seems like a great time to keep that going. And that plays back into corporate culture ultimately, too, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, those relationships are everything, especially in recruiting. And a big thing that comes out of those relationships that's not, not a lot of people talk about is referrals, you know, so I may connect with someone who, you know, maybe they ended up getting the job or not, but if they had a great experience, they may say, Hey, you know, my friend is looking for a position and, you know, their friend may be someone that uh, maybe aligned well and, and be able to put them through the pipeline. I've, we've, that's happened to us so many times. Um, it's just been incredible. So yeah, that relationship from start to finish is great. Really regardless of what the outcome is for the candidate. Yeah, so use this time to nurture those relationships, and that's a great takeaway here. Another piece to look at, and really a topic that we talk about a good amount on on HR Works, and just in the HR space, is the idea of upskilling and talent mobility, something that so many teams are focused on now. It's that career advancement, career development, looking at soft skills. So what are some of those skills that recruiters should be focused on developing in 2023? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, there's always room for improvement and development. And, you know, oftentimes when we're stuck in, you know, just kind of the the flow of, of recruiting, so to speak, there's not a lot of time to kind of take a step back, evaluate, you know, where we need to grow, what we need to assess. 
I think the biggest opportunity for us in terms, I mean, at least, and I'll just speak to myself, is just communication. I talked a little bit about that, you know, in the panel earlier, you know, but just making sure that we're com I'm communicating effectively, I'm communicating clearly, um, you know, I'm not creating choke points in our communication and with other hiring teams and, uh, and candidates. So just making sure we're following up, we're staying in touch. I think communication is a, is a huge one. Um, I just think our, you know, ability to um, communicate with leadership, I think is another really important thing. Recruiters, one of the skills that's really important for recruiters is to be able to influence, um, you know, in a positive way, of course, but just to make sure that, you know, obviously we're not the one making that final decision. We do offer the candidate the role, but we're not the one making the final decision, but, you know, our input is important. Um, and so it's important that, you know, we learn how to kind of navigate, you know, navigate the complexities of working with hiring teams and different perspectives and ideas, all that are legitimate and, and valuable, but being able to kind of help steer that ship. So, you know, jumping on a call with, you know, 10, 15 people on a hiring team is, is not really super effective. You know, it's, it's easier to have maybe one or two people that you connect with. Um, but really learning how to, hey, I'm in a situation where I'm navigating a lot of personalities here, a lot of perspectives, ideas. Uh, some are great. Some some need some tweaking uh, and be able to do that very graciously. Um, but I think being able to influence, especially executives, hiring teams, is a skill that every recruiter can can use more improvement. in. Yeah, that goes back to that sales connection mm -hmm. that we were talking about, of really being able to lean on some of those sales skills. Right. Uh, but then also communication. I'm so glad you mentioned the communication piece too, mm -hmm. and that's essential for everyone in the professional world, but certainly in the recruiting space when, again, you're communicating to both the candidates and to the hiring managers simultaneously and really having a good, clear approach to communication there yeah. is vital and really can make a much smoother, more productive process. What are some of those steps, though, that recruiters can take to really improve that communication and relationship building, especially internally with employees, with managers, with their HR leaders? Yeah, I love that question. It was something that, you know, about a year ago, was, I, was, I noticed for myself, I need to really focus on this in terms of growth. I think building rapport is really important. Um, you know, when you work with a hiring team, it's, it's really easy to try to be transactional, but that, that just doesn't work. Uh, you have to build relationships with your hiring teams and they have to know that you're there to support them, that you're a sounding board, that you'll listen, you know, that you won't just kind of jump in a call and just kind of, you know, control everything radically, but you'll listen to what they have to say, that you'll, you'll think uh, before you speak. All those things are really great, but building a relationship requires time. And so it requires, com it re requires conversation, communication. Um, you know, whenever I would talk with a hiring team, I'd give them my cell phone number, I would tell them they can call me, text me, you know, email me, whatever works for them, Slack, whatever it was. Um, and I want to just build a relationship. I wanted to really get to know them. And so, you know, in essence, the goal was to try to almost be, really become friends, you know, with your hiring teams. And so you really understand and can really support them. Um, I think that's super, super important. Active listening, working on just being transparent and being upfront, being clear. Um, those are some great kind of steps that recruiters can take. Those are some things, at least for myself, I focus on. Yeah, you're working in tandem with your hiring team. So really being on the same page with what you're looking for and what's realistically in the market, I think is essential. And then communicating the whole way because really you've got the same goal. You've got the end goal of bringing right. in a great candidate right. who becomes a successful employee. That's the win. So when you're on the same page, when you know what you're looking for and you've got a good flow of feedback between groups, that's only going to help make that process smoother and more successful. Exactly. And you're going to learn more. 
And, yeah. you know, when you're, when you have a good relationship, you know, the hiring teams are going to share more important information with you, which makes a difference when you're looking, when you're writing the job description and you're thinking, who are we trying to focus on? Who's our ideal candidate? And when you have a great relationship, all those things matter. Um, and it just makes for a smooth hiring process. We, we hire the right people for the roles and ultimately the organization benefits and the candidate benefits everyone. It's a win. So that relationship is just so crucial. Yeah. Speaking of the organization really benefiting, mm -hmm. how can leadership teams and the C-suite members of an organization better utilize those internal relationships between recruiters, HR teams, and employees? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, there's a few things that, you know, come to mind. You know, one of the things is, you know, an executive team, I think for executive team members is to really focus on ways to listen to their people better. Um, and I know that there are some organizations that do that really well, others not so well. Um, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of levels to the in the communication channel and there's a lot of ways that that can be changed and skewed and, you know, whatever that might be. I think it's important for executives to talk directly to people. And I think, um, I think that's the most important thing. And I think for, you know, recruiters, especially when it comes to HR are just very dialed in to candidates, what people are saying, what they're, I mean, it, we're engaged with folks who are external to the organization. And so they're interested in coming to the organization. We're on social media. Um, you know, we're, I always kind of use the word ambassadors, but we really engage with a lot of folks outside of the organization. So I think communication is important, but I think it's also important that executive team members really make it clear that communication and information feedback that they receive from their recruiting HR teams will not just fall on deaf ears, right? It's not like we're just giving their, you know, giving your people an email address and saying, Hey, email your concerns. Uh, that's, you know, that's not helpful if they don't feel like it's, it's going to matter. So I think, you know, finding really good common sense solutions that make sense um, and hearing when you, when they see trends to actually implement great solutions and then making sure there's a, there's a loop in that, in that feedback where they're saying, Hey, thank you for sharing that feedback. Here's what we're going to do to make changes. And that just builds trust. Uh, and I think it really just allows folks to feel more comfortable and feel like, Hey, I can share my perspective without worrying about, you know, someone just blowing it off or not caring. Um, and I think if you can provide trust and there's a lot of good feedback in that loop, you're going to find that the executives are going to have great information that will help them make better decisions. Yeah. Well, that feedback loop is essential. And oftentimes recruiters, that's the first point of contact in the talent market for an organization. Right. You're the first person that they're meeting for an organization representing the organization. Right. And we mentioned being on the same page with hiring managers, but when you're on the same page with the C-suite, with the leaders of an organization to be able to talk about what your organization represents, what the, the brand, what the mission that you're standing for is, that's only going to help with a, a clearer process. So there's no confusion. There's really no blurred lines in the entire recruiting process. Right. And, and then that only helps the candidate experience as well. When they know what they're signing up for, they know what the right fit is for them, which again, just helps everything move along smoothly and successfully. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, and again, it, it's funny how it always kind of falls, you know, falls back on communication. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And just the simple act of communicating well and taking and taking positive action uh, just already. It makes your folks feel like, hey, we're supported. Even if the decisions are not high impact, the fact that they care enough to communicate to their folks uh, right there is it's they're going it, to that, that doesn't cost them anything. Yeah, they don't even have to throw a pizza party. Nothing. That's all they have to do is just just communicate and then take some form of action. I love that. 
Well, Mark, yeah, you shared some great advice for our listeners on just ways to utilize the recruiters and members of your organization who are handling recruiting and really bring some unique value into an organization, even during these challenging times with hiring. But as I mentioned at the start, you're really a rising star in the recruiting community. So with your recruiting experience here, what's been the most rewarding part of a career in recruiting? What's made it worth it? What was that that mm. worth it moment for you? Yeah, I love that. There's there have been a lot of worth it moments, um, you know, despite the challenges that come with recruiting. I think for me, when I make an offer call and, you know, the person on the other line is crying or yelling or speechless, whatever it might be, just being able to deliver news like that, I think is just is amazing. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Um, and we have to deliver a lot of bad news too. So it, it's hard, but, you know, I've had just some incredible offer calls and I know every recruiter out there can, can connect with that, but you know, you're, you're changing someone's life and you're impacting their life even, even further beyond just them, just them thinking about their families, their friends, their communities. Um, you know, the right opportunity um, can change someone's life. I mean, we're talking generationally, right? So it really is a cool thought when you think about, you know, someone who starts as an intern uh, working in an organization and, you know, is able to land that full-time job. And that was a big focus for us was how do we take talent that's already on our home turf and transfer them and turn them into permanent talent? I mean, you're cutting down on recruitment costs, you're cutting down everything, um, and you're creating value for your candidates and for your teams. Uh, and you're really getting to, you know, you're going to have this candidate through six months to a year on an internship. And you get to kind of turn them into a full-time employee. It's an incredible feeling seeing the impact and change you'll have on someone's life. Yeah. Well, and you're creating just investment and loyalty within that candidate as well, right? Because right. just as the organization took a chance on you and saw the value and, and kept, again, promoting the member through the organization, like there's going to be that give back now too, right? right. There's going to be that sense of loyalty that to really commit in and, and give 100% of yourself yeah. to that. That's, again, back to the relationship building piece that we spoke to earlier. So if there was one thing then that's a misconception of recruiters that sticks out to you, what would it be? And, and yeah, what sticks out to you is like that one misconception where you're like, ah, you've got that wrong. This isn't what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, all you have to do is spend a day on LinkedIn and you can, you can get a feel for a lot of folks' opinions on recruiters. Um, I would say one of the big misconceptions, and this is, this is harsh, but I think it's something I've been seeing a trend on is that recruiters don't care. Um, they're not impacted by how people feel about, you know, the opportunities and not getting a job and, you know, things like that. I think that's, that's hard. I think I th the recruiters that I know, the great recruiters that I know, um, carry with them a lot of the burdens, you know, of, of not being able to hire certain folks or, you know, not moving someone through the process or, you know, the people who didn't get the job that we had to let know. And we know that they're disappointed, they're hurt. Maybe it was a dream that, you know, we had to be, we were the kind of the bearer of bad news, right? Um, so the misconception is that we don't care. I think the reality is we bear it and we do care. And I can tell you tons of candidates I had to say no to over the years that uh, just absolutely ripped my heart out and I hated doing it. Um, you know, I think the other misconception is that the recruiter actually makes the hiring decision. Right. Uh, again, not, not the reality. Uh, I can tell you that that's not the case. So oftentimes, you know, a candidate might think, oh, the recruiter rejected me. And the reality is a recruiter, you know, I've had situations where I, I thought a different candidate would be the better fit, um, but the hiring team thought a diff another candidate would be a better fit. So, you know, it's, 
we don't make that the final decision, which I think is a, a common misconception um, that, you know, just because we're, we're the, the kind of the face of the opportunity that, you know, we're the one making the final decision. So, you know, it's good to connect with recruiters. It's good to be engaged with them, but um, just know that oftentimes we're not making that final decision. Right. Well, thank you for, again, putting both of those misconceptions to bed, clearly proving wrong that you do care. <laughs> sure. We care, I promise. I, I love it. Well, look, again, we're here with Mark Hager, Senior Recruiter of Financial Advisor Recruitment at Edward Jones. Mark, what's something you've learned about yourself over the past year that you think has made you a better leader? Mm. I think, uh, and this is a personal example, but I think having, you know, having a family of my own uh, has really kind of impacted and changed my perspective about leadership and about, you know, my teammates. You know, there was a time in my career where I didn't have kids and I didn't have kind of those other uh, personal obligations. And, you know, now that I have two kids that, you know, get sick, that have challenges, that need help, that, you know, my wife is a teacher, so she's, her schedule's pretty, you know, pretty rigid versus mine. And, you know, so there are a lot of instances I've had to, had to really, and thankfully, been able to take advantage of having a flexible schedule, being, working for great leaders and people that understand that. But I think just having a family is just really in a huge way it shifted my, my perspective. And, you know, now it's like, I think flexibility is critical. And I think that people have, they have lives, they have families, they have, you know, friends that need help. They have things they have to go to the doctor, they have to go to the dentist. So it's being flexible is just a great way of engaging your team and really just creating value for them. Yeah. You come to think of flexibility and work-life balance differently. Oh, so different. So that's been huge for me. Uh, in a great way, but it's definitely, it's definitely really helped me on that front. I love it. And then Mark, do you have any professional advice you've leaned on throughout your career that you could pass along to our audience? Think of it like a pay it forward type scenario. What's something you've leaned on throughout your career? Yeah. Yeah, this is good. So one of the things I love, and I still work on this to this day is I think it's important for us professionally now, this, take this with a grain of salt, but to give without expectation of receiving. I think that's something that's really important. Um, whenever I engage with anyone, whether it's, you know, and I get hundreds and hundreds of messages on LinkedIn and, you know, and I just, I try my best to help people when I can. And I try to create far more value than that the person receiving it could ever repay me. And I think that's something that a lot of us miss in our professional careers um, is that, creating value for folks, even when, you know, especially when they can't uh, reciprocate, I think is something really special. So that's how, that's how I kind of approach it. And it, again, I'm a work in progress. So that's still something that I'm working on, but, you know, try to give more than you could ever get re in return. Not only will be more satisfied, but you're creating value for people that, you know, is, is going to be hugely impactful. I think the other thing is, um, and just kind of thinking about how we help people because, the big misconception, you know, you growing up, at least for me, it was always, hey, you know, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse or a teacher. Those roles help people, right? And they do, and they're very important. Um, but guess what? There's a lot of other opportunities and careers out there where you can really impact people's lives. And for me, recruiting is one of those things that I can impact people's lives in very real ways. And for me, if, if someone sends me a resume and I look at the resume and I'm like, this is not, this doesn't align well for what I'm recruiting for. But, hey, I know Josh is recruiting for this role and I forward that resume to you. Um, that's a home run. I think that's so important. If you can pass that resume on, pass that name on um, and be an advocate for people who maybe 
maybe you don't have an opportunity to have an advocate in that, in that arena. I think it's going to be huge. And, you know, you never know the kind of impact you're going to have on someone's life. Uh, that, that could just be just an incredible benefit to not only an organization, you know, but also to their kids and their families. And, um, you know, we have an enormous opportunity to really bring joy and positive impact to people's lives. And I think we do it in a very tangible way. But those are two kind of things that I've learned that have just been really impactful for me. Yeah, those are so good. Right. With the theme of paying it forward, you can pay it forward, but not have to do it with expecting anything in return. Right. Yeah, Mark, thank you for sharing that. So again, we're here with Mark Hager, Senior Recruiter of Financial Recruitment at Edward Jones. Mark, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience, anything you're excited about, or even just an opportunity if they want to get in touch and learn more about Edward Jones and what you're working on, where they can go to learn more? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I mean, I, for me, I'm a I'm on LinkedIn. That's something that's, you know, I'm, I'm very engaged with. So I, I love connecting with folks and I uh, share a lot of content on there. Uh, I have a newsletter that I, that I, I talk a lot about this stuff. And we talk about really the focus is I realize a lot of folks are struggling out there finding jobs. We've t- we talked about this in the panel a little bit. Finding a job is not easy. It's not, and it's it's just a difficult process. And so I try to just give people hope and, and, and not not from a just strictly positive thinking perspective, but really give them strategies and, and ways that they can kind of survive, so to speak, the, the, the job search process. So yeah, LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me there. Um, and my newsletter is totally free and it's a lot of content I share on there as well. All right. Well, we'll get you linked over to your LinkedIn page through hrdailyadvisor.com. So I highly encourage anybody out there listening to get in touch with Mark that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark, look, it's been great just chatting with you, learning more about your story, getting some insight from you on ways to, to really make an impact as recruiters, even in slower hiring times. So again, Mark, thanks for joining. Uh, but before we let you go, I'm going to close with one last question and I end all my podcasts with this one. And it's all about motivation. You wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? That's a great question. Uh, hot coffee that I've uh, set up nice. <laughs> to go off of the, the night before. But uh, my, uh, a good friend of mine sent me probably the best Puerto Rican coffee I've ever had in my life. And uh, one cup of that and I'm ready to go. But, but seriously, though, I mean, the opportunity, you know, I just I, I look at my life and I realize that I have so much more than I deserve. And I'm so thankful for that. And it's, you know, I want to make positive impacts on people's lives and I want to be a conduit for opportunity, for joy, for happiness for other people. And it's, it's not that difficult to do. You just have to take action uh, and you just have to do it. And it's, you know, the time to do it is now. And, you know, seeing people's lives being changed and, and seeing people excited and happy and though things are hard maybe in their life and maybe it's been a long journey finding a job, I get to be the one to tell them, hey, we'd love to have you join. So I think that that is one of the great motivators I get to experience. That is awesome. And again, you are definitely a great conduit for change here. But thank you so much for just sharing that insight, your background, your passion there, Mark. Again, great connecting with you. So again, Mark Hager, Senior Recruiter of Financial Advisor Recruitment at Edward Jones. Thanks for joining the HR Works podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Definitely want to keep this one going. But again, thanks again. Have a good one. You too, my friend. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.